January 8th, 2023. Another episode of uh, Coffee with Jim. We'll get started with a little bit of music here from Boys the Road Crew. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Good morning, my friends. How's everyone doing this beautiful, beautiful day? It's a nice 40 degrees here in Arizona. Studios of Jim Hickley's America. Within spitting distance of Route 66. Glad you could join us this morning. As always, going to have a little fun today. We're going to take a little bit of a road trip to uh, Holbrook, Arizona, as I promised. Well, uh, where shall we begin today? Perhaps the best place to begin is, well, at the beginning. I promised you uh, uh, would share a bit of history about this fun, exciting town. I would start with uh, the dark side. A great story from Holbrook that's uh, somehow gotten overlooked quite a lot. Uh, the gunfight at the OK Corral gets a lot of the attention. But uh, there was a shootout in, in Holbrook, and the Blevins house still stands. It's a couple blocks down from Route 66 on Joy and Evan Boulevard there. Um, story starts with, uh, I'm taking this from my book, Murder and Mayhem on the Main Street of America. Rather than reinvent the wheel, I thought I'd share some of the research I've already done. Andy Blevins was a stone-cold killer and a bully. Using the alias Cooper Blevins, he came to the territory of Arizona from Texas sometime around 1884. And uh, he began his career in Arizona territory rustling cattle in the Mugion Rim country. It proved kind of lucrative, so he sent for his father, Mart Blevins, and the rest of the clan, Brothers John, Hamp, Charlie, and Sam. The family soon developed a reputation for rustling horses and cattle and intimidating or killing all who stood in their way. After running off the owners of Canyon Creek Ranch, the Blevins clan set out to dominate the Rim Country. They never tried to hide their illicit activities. An article in the St. John's Herald noted that they openly boasted about law enforcement officers who chose to look the other way. Newly elected Apache County Sheriff Commodore Perry Owens was not one of those officers. Like Blevins, Owens had a reputation, but his was for fearlessness and a proficiency with pistol and rifle. He often entertained crowds at shooting exhibitions, ensuring that no one doubted his skill, and he brought vicious desperados to justice making his name as a man who was not easily intimidated. 
1887, Mark Blevins set out to find some horses and didn't return to the ranch. His body was never found. This occurred at the height of the Graham-Tewksbury feud that was raging in Pleasant Valley. The Blevins had sided with the Grahams. In early August of that year, Hamp and some others confronted members of the Tewksbury faction when the gun smoke cleared and the sound of gunfire finished echoing through the canyons. Hamp Blevins was dead. On September 2nd, Andy Blevins and hired guns from the Graham faction ambushed John Tewksbury and Bill Jacobs. And a few days later, Andy and John Blevins were drinking in Holbrook, and they were boasting of the Tewksbury murder. Now, Holbrook at the time consisted of a few wood-framed buildings along the railroad tracks, a few saloons, a blacksmith shop, livery stable, and a few houses, one of which belonged to the Blevins family. And as I mentioned, that house still stands in Holbrook. It's a private residence, so please respect that. But there is a, a monument out front to this historic event that's about to unfold. Sheriff Owens rode into Holbrook with one task in mind, the arrest of Andy Blevins. According to local accounts, he came to town from the south, put his horse up at the livery stable, and walked to the drugstore owned by Deputy Sheriff Frank Watron and he asked if Blevins was in town. He refused officer assistance, checked his pistol, and with his Winchester rifle cradled in his arm, he set out on foot for the Blevins' house. Unbeknownst to Owens, John Blevins had seen him arrive and ran to warn Andy. The brothers were saddling their horses when they saw Owens approaching, and they turned to run back into the house. Inside was an accomplice, Mose Roberts, and other family members. Owens saw the brothers run into the house. Despite knowing he was outnumbered, he stepped up to the porch and announced his warrant for Randy's, Andy's arrest. Andy answered the door and requested a few minutes to gather gear. Before he could close the door, however, Owens blocked it with his foot, and in a mirror on the wall behind the doorway, Owens saw Andy raising his pistol. Owens fired his rifle through the door, striking Andy in the stomach, a shot that would later prove fatal. John Blevins took a wild shot through the doorway from another room, and Owens returned fire, hitting him in the shoulder. Owens turned his attention to Andy, who was trying to rise to his knees, and fired again, striking him in the hip. He then backed off the porch, covering the house with his rifle. Mose Roberts had crawled out of a window when the shootout started. He was coming around the corner of the house with a pistol when Owens fired from the hip, mortally wounding Roberts with a shot to the chest. Fifteen-year-old Sam Houston Blevins charged through the front door with Andy's pistol, but before he could aim, Owens shot him in the chest. The gunfight had lasted less than five minutes. Uh, the Blevins house, like I say, still stands. It's just a block east of the old railroad depot south of Route 66. For Route 66 aficionados, well, the uh, Holbrook is forever known as the, uh, for its association with the Wigwam Motel. And it's quite a landmark. It should be recognized for that. But you know a town's got to be special. When one of the old streets in town down by the depot carries a sign that says, Bucket of Blood Street. 
Uh, well, 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 the bucket of blood street, the old bucket of blood saloon still stands, but, uh, it's an endangered property to say the very least. Route 66 followed Navajo Boulevard and Hopi drive through Holbrook. This resulted in a shift of the historic business district that had developed along the railroad, the bucket of blood street and Southwest central Avenue. Initial settlement in the area was at Horsehead Crossing, near the junction of the Rio Puerco and Little Colorado River, several miles to the southwest of present-day Holbrook. John Young, son of the Mormon pioneer Brigham Young, had established a camp for the cutting of railroad ties at that site in 1881. The Atlantic and Pacific Railroad established a construction camp and then a siding at the site of Holbrook shortly afterward. The town is named for H.R. Holbrook, a railroad engineer on the Atlantic and Pacific. Establishment of the railroad was the cornerstone for the development of expansive ranching and sheep herding enterprises in the area. Until it was broken up in 1902, the Aztec Land and Cattle Company controlled more than one million acres. This was the largest ranch in the Arizona Territory and the second largest ranch in the United States. The town of Holbrook quickly developed a reputation for lawlessness and violence. Two legendary frontier-era lawmen were associated with Holbrook. I mentioned Commodore Perry Owens. The other was Burton C. Mossman. He was a cowboy employed by the Aztec Land and Cattle Company. By the age of 20, he was working as the ranch foreman, and within a few years, had developed a reputation for bringing cattle rustlers to justice. Mossman and a partner operated a stage line in addition to ranching. He was elected sheriff of Navajo County in 1898. Holbrook was the county seat. In 1901, Oaks Murphy, territorial governor, authorized the reestablishment of the Arizona Rangers, and he appointed Mossman to be the first captain. This illustrates the reputation that Mossman had earned while working as a sheriff in Navajo County. And of course, Commodore Perry Owens, there's another part to that story that has a Route 66 connection. After he left uh, Holbrook, uh, Commodore Perry Owens wandered over to Seligman, Arizona, had a store and a saloon, and oh, those are gone now. But... Uh, his house still stands in Seligman, Arizona, just a few blocks off Route 66. The railroad depot is built of locally quarried stone. It's really a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, depot. And it dates to 1882. And of course, across the street, as I mentioned, is the infamous Bucket of Blood Saloon, built about 1886. It was originally called Terrell's Cottage Saloon, but was renamed after an epic gunfight that left what looked like, quote, buckets of blood on the saloon floor. The Navajo County Courthouse is now a museum. It was built in 1898. The jail is pretty interesting. It was built by the Pauley Jail Company, still in business, been in business since the 1850s. It was shipped as a whole unit from Kansas City and was set in the basement during construction. The courthouse, more specifically the courthouse jail, 
figures prominently in the story of a morbidly comedic incident that occurred in 1899. A territorial statute required sheriffs to issue invitations whenever an execution was scheduled. Navajo County Sheriff F.J. Watron compiled by having professional invitations printed. They were sent to leaders in the community as well as business owners. They were beautiful gilt-edged cards that read, You are hereby cordially invited to attend the hanging of George Smiley, murderer. His soul will be swung into eternity on December 8, 1899 at 2 o'clock p.m. sharp. The latest methods in the art of scientific strangulation will be employed, and everything possible will be done to make the surroundings cheerful and the execution a success. The invitation was brought to the attention of President William McKinley, and he immediately chastised the territorial governor, and Mr. Smiley got a 30-day stay of execution. Just the same, he was executed January 8th. 1900 on the grounds of the county courthouse. You know, in uh, in our promotion yesterday, I mentioned the Higgins House. This is quite a landmark of note, and I, I want to put this out uh, tomorrow on Jim Hinckley's America, our weekly blog post, probably be up tomorrow afternoon. I'll do a whole profile of this amazing historic property. It's an endangered property. Fascinating story. It's a landmark of particular note. It has an association with territorial history, the National Old Trails Road, Route 66, and even World War II. It is supposed to be the oldest building at Holbrook. It was built sometime around 1881-1882. To put that in perspective, uh, Holbrook was established in 1881. It was built by Pedro Montano. And additions were added in 1883. In 1884, James and Maggie Higgins acquired the property. They made a few more additions. They established a boarding house. And then there was a few more additions, and it became the Brunswick Hotel in 1889. The upper floor was used as a saloon, dance hall, and occasionally the Masonic Lodge. Uh, The property also at one point served as the city hospital. The National Trails Road originally crossed the Little Colorado River a few blocks from the Higgins House, and the National Trails Road passed right in front of their door. Needless to say, that sparked a bit of business. And uh, a uh, motel wing was added sometime in the 1930s and went through a few name changes, became known as the Arizona Hotel. Then in the 1940s, it was expanded again and named the Arizona Ranchero. It was leased by the Fullerton Junior College during World War II and housed pilot candidates training at nearby Park Field for the U.S. Navy. And it maintained as a, held on as a hotel until about uh, the mid-1950s. And I mentioned the Wigwam Village, the uh, motel complex there. That's Wigwam Village number six. It's only one of two remaining Wigwam motels on Route 66, and it was built in 1950. Holbrook has quite a a history. If you get a chance, the Navajo County uh, Courthouse, the the original courthouse, is now a fascinating museum. Uh, The jail, the jail downstairs is something you've got to see to believe. 
fantastic. They have preserved uh, artwork from various prisoners with, uh, in this jail. And uh, oh, what a fascinating exhibit. You know, Holbrook is definitely down at the heel. You drive the Route 66 corridor through town, and you can tell she saw better times. But, uh, you know, the old town took a beating with the bypass of Route 66. And uh, like so many communities on the highway, it was a necessary evil when I-40 was built. Route 66 was, it just had to be replaced. But to give you an idea how much of an effect this had on communities and businesses, uh, in 1956, November, 37,240 cars passed through Holbrook. For the year, the 12 months, 503,000 vehicles flowed down the streets of Holbrook, Arizona. And when uh, I-40 was completed and Holbrook was bypassed, in 12 months, 45 businesses closed their doors. That's a hell of an economic hit for a small town. So uh, that gives you kind of a snapshot, a little bit about uh, Holbrook, fascinating chapter in Western Arizona history. And uh, tomorrow, like I say, I'll be sharing the story of the Higgins House in our blog post on the Jim Hinckley's America website. So what's coming up this week on uh, Car Talk from the Main Street of America? That's our other podcast. It uh, is usually up on Fridays. We're going to be talking about some um, high-flying situations. Yes, it is a Car Talk program. But we're going to be talking about something like uh, Ford's tri-motor airplane and uh, some of the uh, aircraft that uh, automotive companies got involved with during the first decades of the 20th century. Should be a great program, and you won't want to miss that either. You'll uh, find uh, embedded players for all of our podcasts archived. Um, You can listen to it anytime on the Jim Hinckley's America website. And, of course, our podcasts are also available on uh, Spotify and uh, most major podcast platforms. Let's see what else we got coming up here. Oh, uh, I'll keep you posted, but it looks like I'm going to be in Apache Junction speaking about uh, Route 66 in Arizona on uh, February 6th. I'll be in Needles, California at the Route 66 Info Fair on February 11th. February 18th, I have a program from Mojave Community College in Kingman, Arizona. Uh, Details have yet to be finalized, but I'll be speaking at the uh, Railroad Depot about Kingman's railroad history. Uh, <clears throat> a full schedule of my events and appearances is available on the Jim Hinckley's America uh, website. Uh, before we get to your questions and uh, talk a little bit about Holbrook, uh, give a shout out to our good friends in Tucumcari, New Mexico, a, a sponsor of our programs. Visit Tucumcari NM for more information about this charming, magical, wonderful City that should be more than a stop on the way to. Tucumcari, New Mexico needs to be a destination. And if you happen to be uh, passing through and spend the night at the Roadrunner Lodge, and uh, before you start out your next day on the trip, if you 
be sure to check out that Mesa Lands Community College Dinosaur Museum. And as far as road trips, well, my suggestion is Highway 104 from uh, Tucumcari to the original Las Vegas, Las Vegas, New Mexico. It just gives you an idea of the great day trips you can find out of uh, Tucumcari. It's about a 100-mile drive up there to Las Vegas. And I want to give a good shout-out to my good friend, uh, Louis Keen, down at the Uranus Fudge Company and General Store near St. Robert, Missouri, and at his new location in Anderson, Indiana. And, of course, we got to say hello to Miss Connie Eccles with the one and only Wagon Wheel Motel in Cuba, Missouri. This is the oldest continuously operated motel on Route 66. And uh, I really don't think that you can call a Route 66 adventure complete without a stop at the uh, Wagon Wheel Motel. Uh, and if you have trouble planning a trip or you just want to take all the hassle and worry out of a trip, well, get a hold of the folks at Route Trip USA. They specialize in bespoke, customized routes, uh, road trip planning and adventures in the United States and Canada. Pretty nice folks there, Stephen and his wife, too. They'll take good care of you. So, do we have any questions about Holbrook? <coughs> Holbrook, Arizona? Now's your chance. Kind of a, it's kind of a neat little town. I've always uh, found it kind of interesting there. And uh, like I say, she's wore down at the heel. You can, but uh, that's pretty, pretty neat. So how many people uh, are familiar with Holbrook? Would you stay there? Good. Well, you know, uh, if we don't have any questions, I guess I'll get to wrapping this thing up. But uh, we'll do this again next week. Invite your friends. Let's make it a coffee party. Let's have some fun with this thing. And uh, we've got a lot to share with you. I'm not sure what we're going to get into next week, but uh, we'll get something up on the website and on Facebook here pretty quick and uh, tease you a little bit about what's coming down the pike. All kinds of neat things we can be talking about. I'm really excited. Uh, I've been talking to folks down there in Needles. This event's going to take place at the uh, 1908 El Garces, this Route 66 Info Fair. And uh, uh, down on the plaza. And Needles is another one of those towns that's a little bit war at the heel. But she's got a pulse, and it's coming back to life. Coming back to life fast. And... Uh, uh, the, the old Garces is a 1908, uh, real, real beautiful, uh, the, uh, with me upper mezzanine. It's a beautiful uh, Harvey House and Railroad Hotel Depot complex. And uh, the beautiful plaza out front. And let's face it, February is about the best time to see Needles, California. Because uh, Needles, well, they, they're known for being some of the hottest places in the United States come summer. <coughs> Uh, on more than one occasion, I've seen that uh, seen it at 124 plus. And to give you an idea how high it gets down in that country, when I was younger, I used to haul hay out of Fort Mojave, uh, just across the river from Needles, and we would usually load trucks at midnight 
because it would cool down to a nice chilly 110 degrees. But February, just about perfect down there in Needles. It'll be probably 70, 75 degrees. Makes it kind of nice. You know, I want to thank everybody who joined us this morning, and I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you found it informative. And uh, we'll talk more about the Higgins House, like say, tomorrow on uh, Jim Hinckley's America blog post. It's definitely an endangered property. It had a, suffered a small fire many, many years ago. It's been boarded up ever since. But uh, my humble opinion, if somebody's got the money and the ambition and the vision, you know, that's a property worth saving. Well, me amigos, I want to thank you again. And, uh, well, we'll be in touch. Meanwhile, a little bit of inspiration here from Joe and Woody and, well, the boys of the road crew. Roadcrew66.com Bye, Candice, me amigos. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories <laughs> into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America.